right. How is everybody? Good. Do we have any Georgia Bulldog fans here today? (laughs) I know y'all suffered for so many years. I just figured I needed to give you that little extra moment, right? Things are really good. So, and if, if you're the other team that lost, we'll have a healing service after the service today to help you heal up your wounds. Thank y'all so much for being here today. We're in our final week of our series called Overcomer. Look at the person next to you and say, you are an overcomer. Say that real quick. You are an overcomer. We've talked about overcoming the lies of labels. We've talked about overcoming apathy. We've talked about overcoming the curse of comparison, right? This thought that I have to compare myself to somebody else to be something. And the truth is we don't. And so today we're going to tackle what I think is the greatest thing that we have to overcome. It's overcoming fear. Everybody in this room is afraid of something. Everybody at LaGrange is afraid of something. Everyone here at Noonan is afraid of something in your life. Whether you realize it or not, you give thought to, you give heart to, you give energy to the idea of fear. You know, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Fear is kind of like an allergy. Here's what I mean. For the last year, I have suffered terribly here in the state of Georgia with allergies. I don't know what happened after snowpocalypse of 2014, but uh, for some reason, nothing freezes here, right? And so when nothing freezes, allergies just go rampant. But for the last year, every week, twice a week, I've had to go into a clinic and get a shot in the back of my arm. And they're literally injecting me with the very thing that I'm allergic to so that in time, my body won't fear something that is in my atmosphere. Fears like allergies. I'm really awesome to tell you today, God's delivered me from that because I finished all my treatment and now I'm down to once every two weeks and I'm feeling, uh, feeling awesome again. But as I finished that up, I thought, you know, that's kind of like fear. It's false evidence that appears real, right? We know all the, the terminology about fear, but most of us in life, there's something in life that we're afraid of. There's something in life that we battle with, and fear is at the heart of that battle. So I started doing this little research this week. What are life's most common fears? The first one is this, it's loss. The fear of losing somebody. The fear of losing somebody that you love. Now, I remember in fifth grade, I lost my first real girlfriend, you know what I'm talking about? And, and I, I was heartbroken. I was like, but we have this fear in our life of losing things and losing people. The fear of what happens when my spouse dies or the the person that I'm married to walks out or the fear of my child. I, I pray no parent ever has to go through the fear of losing their own child. Loss is a big fear we have. The other one's failure. We fear failure. The idea that we're not going to measure up, that we're not able to keep up, that we're not able to perform at the level that we want to perform at. And so we fear even trying many times because there's this deep sense of a fear of failure. The other one is the fear of rejection. That somehow I will be rejected in my life, that somehow I will be left out that I will end up in a bad relationship or a series of bad relationships. And, and I hear people who are single say this all the time. I just fear being lonely the rest of my life. That idea of rejection is a fear we all have to face. And let me tell you what the greatest fear is that we all face. It's unknown. Unknown. We don't know what's going to happen. 
We don't know what's going to happen a week from now, two weeks from now. We don't know what's going to happen a month from now. And so we start getting fearful about our health. Like I know one of the things that people fear about the unknown is how they will die. They're like, how will I die? Will I die suddenly? Will I die slowly? Will I die of a disease? Will I die of an accident? People fear their jobs. When will my job end? When will good things happen to me or bad things happen to me in my life? And so we fear the unknown. I I just want to tell you this though today. I, I got some really good news for us on this final week of the Overcomer series. God did not give us fear. God did not give us fear. If you have your Bible, turn to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 1. You can look it up on the Bible app, follow along with us today on version. I want to talk to you today about overcoming fear. God did not give us fear. In fact, I want to read clearly Paul's words to Timothy as he was reminding him about the life that God had for him to live. And he said these words, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of sound mind. God has not given us a spirit of fear. The good news today is God did not give us fear. So so let me back it up a little bit, make it a little bit more practical for us today. Here's what you got to hear. Fear is not from God. And so in my life and in your life, when we become afraid of something like an allergy in a body, we become fearful of unknown or loss or failure or rejection. We're literally accepting something that's not from God. Think about that for just a second. Fear is not from God. In fact, anytime in your life you start to see fear creep in in a a deep, deep way, it's probably a sign that either you're being attacked spiritually and you need to go back and come into agreement and alignment with what God says first. God wants us to overcome that fear. Fear is not from God. Listen, if fear is not from God, you know what that means? You and I can choose to not accept what is not from God. We can choose to not accept what's from God. We don't have to align. By choosing to align with something that's not from God, we're choosing to align with fear in our life. Some say, well, fear is just the opposite of faith. No, listen, fear is putting your faith in the wrong things. It's a twisted truth. And so what we have to do is we have to stop putting our faith in the wrong things, and we need to turn and put our faith in the one who is faithful. That's who God is. God is faithful. So to overcome fear, you you first got to understand what is fear? How do you define fear? You see, God wants to remove this prison door fear in our life, whether we realize it or not, so that we can not only be set free, but so that we can walk out of captivity that has held us fearful. And I want to talk about that today. Fear is not the opposite of faith. Here's what fear is. Fear is placing our faith in the what ifs. What if this happens? What if that happens? What if this doesn't go the way I want it to? What if she doesn't want to marry me? What if he doesn't want to marry me? What if our relationship ends? What if our marriage goes through a really difficult time? See, fear is placing our faith in the what ifs. There's a story in the Bible, his his name is Moses. We all know Moses, but he was raised as a Hebrew. 
And raised as a Hebrew child, he grew up in a place called Egypt because his people were enslaved. And every day he would go out and watch the Egyptians beat the Hebrew people to do the work for the Egyptians. And one day he went out there and he actually witnessed a Hebrew man literally being beaten to death by an Egyptian slave driver. And so he took matters in his own hand because he was afraid and he killed the Egyptian. He literally murdered him. In fact, when word got out, Moses decided, hey, I can't stay here anymore. I'm afraid. So he, he got together and he left and he ends up on the backside of the desert for many, many years of his life until one day he climbs up a mountain called Mount Horeb. And it was at Mount Horeb that he has an encounter with God that forever changes his life. There on Mount Horeb, God speaks to him through a bush. We know it as the story of the burning bush. Now, let me ask you a question. How many of you went out to do and trim your yard and your shrubs started speaking to you? Raise your hand. Okay, that's a little awkward, right? Like that may put you in the Lulu bin if people find out, hey, I talked to my shrubs, okay? Moses goes out there and all of a sudden this bush is on fire and God is speaking to him through the bush. And God tells him these thoughts. Hey, Moses, I have chosen you to deliver my people out of Egypt's oppression. You are the one that's called to bring them out of slavery and bondage. But listen to the first two words that Moses says. Look at this, Exodus 4, verse 1. Moses answered, What if they do not believe me or listen to me and say, The Lord did not appear to you? What if? You ever been there? God, I know what you're telling me to do, but what if it just doesn't work? God, I know you're calling me to love my neighbor like I love myself, but what if it just doesn't happen? What if they reject me? Lord, what if you want to do something great in my life and it's going to cause me to have to step out in greater faith than I've ever stepped out in before? And, and just what if? See, here's the crazy thing. Moses says, what if they don't believe me? What if they do not believe me or listen to me and they say the Lord didn't even appear to you? See, back then, if you were a prophet and you prophesied something and it didn't come true, they would stone you to death. So what is Moses full of? He's full of fear. God, what if? What if you don't come through? God, what if they don't listen to me? And here's what Moses was doing that sometimes we do the exact same thing. Instead of placing faith in God's promise, Moses put faith in the what ifs. See, fear is putting faith in the what ifs. What if this doesn't, what if I, what if I go to school and I, I share Christ with my friends on my campus and they reject me? What if I decide God to trust you in every area of my life, including my financial giving? What if? And yet God's already promised. You know what's crazy about this moment? And I, I didn't know this and think about this till this week, but Moses was in the very presence of God Almighty. And he's asking God, God, what if? In the midst of God's presence, he's thinking about the worst case scenario. Have you ever thought about the worst case scenario? There's a series of books at Barnes and Noble. If you just want something fun to do one night with your wife, go on a little coffee date and then go read these series of books. They're called worst case scenario. 
Like if you're ever uh, like at a, a dinner party and this happens, this is what you should do. It's a worst case scenario. We live in a world where we're constantly preparing ourselves for what happens if there's a worst case scenario. But I want to make this statement to us today. We will never be fully free in our life until we stop responding with the worst case scenario of what if. You know what what if is? The what ifs are a wedge. They're a wedge that kicks the door open so doubt and fear can own us. Let me give you an example. This is a doorstop. This was a very expensive doorstop. I think we ordered this from Staples. It's actually weighted on the bottom. It's really cool. It's got this little metal deal. I don't know why. Some of you may not know this. This, this doorstop, these doorstops, the actual first doorstop was developed in the late 1800s by a guy. And he said, I know what I'm going to do to make my mark on the world. I'm going to create a doorstop and I'm going to put a patent, right? And now he's got a lake on, a house on the lake and all that cool stuff. And, and so we put this in a door and it props the door all the way open so that people can pass in and through. But I want to tell you what this also is. This is a phenomenal wedge. If I take this doorstop and I go down to Mercedes-Benz Stadium, and as I'm leaving the game, I prop one of these little puppies right there in the door, that is all the access I need to get into that building. You know what fear is? Fear is placing your faith in the what-ifs of life. Every time we answer the Lord with the Lord says, hey, I want you to do this. And we just go, oh, but let me just put that in the door, Lord. What if? I want to plan B, C, D, E, and F, Lord. It's the what ifs. We can't truly overcome fear in our life if we're constantly focused on the what ifs. What if the economy doesn't turn around? What if my job doesn't last? What if my mate rejects me? What if after 15 years, she walks in one day and says, hey, it's over. Our marriage is over. Some of you have experienced that. And, and every other relationship in your life and every other decision in your life is now based on what if. What if leaves us in bondage to fear. So I started thinking about this. Why do what ifs even matter? Why does it matter? Why does it matter what if? Here's why. I want to explain this to you today. The first one is this. What you fear the most reveals what you value the most. What you fear the most in your life really just shows you what you really value the most. So if you're focused on the fear of a relationship here on earth, it just shows you that for you, the most valuable thing is probably that earthly relationship. If your fear is, hey, I'm not going to do good in this class. Maybe you're a high school student. You're like, hey, I'm not going to do good in chemistry, which I don't even think chemistry is of God. I just want to say that, throw it out there. So you're not going to do good in chemistry. So you have this this fear. And and so you're afraid. And it, it just reveals what you value. You value your grades. See, there's all these things that fear reveals what you value the most. Financial security. Hey, I can't give to the Lord because if I do that, I'm not going to be financially secure. I can't be generous because if I do that, I may not have enough. And God's up there going, no, no, no. You're just revealing what you value the most. What did Jesus say? He said, where your treasure is, there your what is? Your heart. It just reveals what you value most. What you fear reveals what you value most. The second one is this. 
what you fear the most reveres or reveals where you trust God the least. That's really what it does. What you fear the most just reveals where you trust God the least. It's kind of like putting some stop leak in your faith, right? You pour in a can of stop leak and you're trying to figure out where the hole is. What you're most fearful about in your life, that's where you trust God the least. Are you afraid of losing your marriage? Then you're not willing to trust God with your marriage. Are you afraid that your kids are going to go crazy and somehow you're going to raise them wrong and they're going to, you know, do bad things when they grow up? Listen, if, if you can't trust God with your kids, then you're just revealing where you trust God the least. I used to tell parents all the time, we pray, God, give us a child so they can make a difference in this world. And then as they get older, we get fearful about that, what they want to go do to change the world. Listen, I don't know who this is for today. You need to set your kids free. You need to speak words of faith into them and love into them and life change into them. And you need to free them to go change their world. You say, well, it's not like it was when I was growing up. Yeah, you're absolutely right. There's this thing called the internet. (laughs) It's different. It's different now. Like, I don't know about you. I'm glad God delivered me from dial up. It's been a blessing but what you fear the most reveals where you trust God the least. So where is your fear of what if? Where is it? Where is your fear of what if greater than your faith in who God is? You've got to identify it because if you don't, chances are you'll never overcome it. So how do we overcome our deepest fears. I want to talk about that real quick. First of all, we got to do this. You need to acknowledge your fear and choose. Everyone say choose. Choose to trust God anyway. Acknowledge your fears. Now, let me say this. Acknowledge your fears. Don't agree with your fear. Don't align with your fear. Acknowledge the fear is real. Because here's what we do sometimes. The reason we end up agreeing with fear in our life and letting it control us is because we come into alignment with it and say, oh, look what's going to happen if this, 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 and this. And the truth is, listen, acknowledge your fear and then choose to trust God anyway. Don't deny that it exists, but don't agree with it. Face it. Face it. So I'm going to do a little litmus test here. Tell yourself the truth about that fear. So here's what I want you to do. Pull out a pen real quick and I want you to fill in the blank for me real quick, okay? I am afraid of blank. Fill it out. I am afraid the Falcons won't win the Super Bowl. (laughs) Okay, God will deliver us. I am afraid of my finances. I am afraid of the future. I am afraid of my own failure. I'm afraid of my past. Some of you, you've never gotten over the fear of your past. Acknowledge it and then choose to trust God anyway. See, David was one of those people, right? David, when you read in the scripture, he was chosen to be king and then he had to wait years upon years upon years to become king. And during the time that he's waiting to become king, it wasn't like everyone said, hey, let's plan a 10-year parade so that when David becomes king, we can really, you know, like bring him in great, you know? No, here's what happened. Saul, 
found out that David was going to become king. And what did Saul do? He tried to kill him. He spent years of his life fleeing from a man that wasn't even going to be the king. And so there must have been those times when David had to face fear. Not align with it, not agree with it, but acknowledge it and choose to trust God anyway. And I think that's one of the greatest moments because that's when David wrote some of the most amazing songs out of the book of Psalm. Listen to what he wrote, Psalms 56, three and four. When I'm afraid, he's acknowledging, I'm afraid. Listen, if you're here today and you can't, if you can't acknowledge that you're afraid, something's wrong with you. There are times you are going to be afraid, okay? If you're like the person that says, I can't even acknowledge that I'm afraid. No, no, no. What, what you're really saying is you're too prideful to acknowledge you're afraid. He says, when I'm afraid, this is David, going to be king, going to rule. God's already promised it to him. He said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. He's talking to God. In God, whose word I praise. In God, I trust and am not afraid. You see the choice? You see the choice David's making? He said, I'm acknowledging my fear, but I'm choosing to trust God anyway. In God, I trust and I'm not afraid. And then he says these words, what can mere mortals do to me? I've often said that in the line at Walmart. (laughs) 20 deep, no cashier. (laughs) What can mere mortals do to me? Get cut off in Atlanta traffic? You are nothing but a mere mortal. I love his language. Because here's what David's saying. What can man do to me? You know what happened when he, he went from here? This is where he chooses to trust God and then he shifts his perspective, which is so awesome. Because even David had to change his perspective. He says, what can mere mortals do to me? You know what he's saying? There might be people who can do things to me on this earth, but eternally speaking, You can't touch this. There's something in that statement about overcoming fear because what David did is he transferred his trust to God and then he shifted from an earthly perspective to an eternal one. And here's what he realized. God is on the throne and his will will be done. Notice David didn't say, well, what if? He just said, when I'm afraid, I put my trust in you, Lord. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? So we've got to acknowledge the fear and then choose to trust God anyway. And then the second one, and it's so important, is we gotta do this. We gotta seek God until he takes away our fears. Seek God until he takes away our fears. Now, now here's, here's what it doesn't say. Seek advice from your best friend and hopefully you won't be as fearful, all right? Here's what it doesn't say. Go to Facebook and read everybody's opinion about what you're afraid of and see if you feel better about what you're afraid of. 
I just want to confess, I will lose my mind up in here, up in here if I do that. I just will. Because man's opinion is so limited. We got to seek God until he takes away our fears. We got to seek God. You know, I go back to the psalmist. There was a, a psalmist in Psalm 73, and he's talking about all the trouble that he faced in his life. And, and, and here, here's what he discovered. Everything he was fearful of didn't make sense until he sought God. Look what it says in Psalm 73. It says, all day long, I've been afflicted. He's acknowledging his fear. He said, I've been in pain. And every morning brings new punishments. When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply till I entered the sanctuary of God. You see what flipped the script on fear in his life? I tried to figure all this out. I tried to, I tried to reconcile it on a balance sheet. I tried to figure out why this would happen here. I, I don't know why she would do that and he would do this and blah, 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 blah. And he, he said, but here's what I found. Even though I was afflicted, even though I went through these difficult deals, when I entered God's presence, everything changed because I sought God and God took away my fear. See, here, here, here's the answer today. The answer to fear is God's presence always. When you go through a season in your life and you go, God, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to turn. I don't know who I can trust. I don't know what's going on. These people are crazy. This is happening here, blah, 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 blah. And and you just want to run away. You just want to hide and you want to dig a hole and stick your head in it. Here's the answer to your fear. No matter what your fear is, finances, your kids, your job, the future, the unknown. Seek God in his presence and he'll take away your fear. The answer to fear is God's presence always, always. David, I told you about some of the stuff he went through. There was a time in his life where he got so fearful about his future. He was waiting to be king that he actually went back and for a short time tried to join the Philistines. You remember the Philistines, the giant, cut the dude's head off, you know, that whole deal. He actually went back to the Philistines and one of the kings of the Philistines, he, he, he just kind of said, hey, I just need a reprieve. Like, I just need to go hide for six months. Maybe they'll figure out, you know, I'm gonna be king and they'll come find me. And so he goes and he goes back to the Philistines and then suddenly the Philistines find out who he is. Wait a minute, you're David. You're gonna be king. What are you doing in our camp? And the Bible actually says that it was at that time that David pretended he was crazy. Okay, now speaking of being in the line at Walmart, if you wanna get moved up to the front, just act like you're crazy. <laughs> I'm just teasing. He just acted like he was crazy. In fact, some scholars believe that, that in his craziness, in his zaniness, he even was like slobbering on himself and was like messing, you know, like, I'm just crazy, David. You know I mean? What's going on here? And he gets all crazy and, and they're looking at him like, hey, just get out of here, bro. Like you're, you're kind of insane. And so they kind of casted him out. And David's reflecting on his life and he's looking back and he pins these words out of Psalm 34. The inscription before the Psalm reads this way, of David, 
when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech, who drove him away and he left. So the words you're about to hear are in the rearview mirror of his life. Here's what he learned when he thought, oh, I got to go crazy or they're going to kill me because I'm afraid. Here's what David wrote. I sought the Lord. And he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. Wow. I sought the Lord. I seek God and let him remove the fear from my life because God says I'm an overcomer and I'm not gonna come into agreement with anything that's not of God and fear's not of God. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all my fears. See, there was one last thing that happened that promises you and I that we're always delivered from fear. That we don't have to agree, align, give into, or live our lives full of fear. The Bible says when Jesus Christ came, in fact, it says it in the book of 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. It says when Jesus came, perfect love drove out fear. Now think about that. What is it that overcomes fear? Love. Who is the epitome of love? Jesus. Jesus came on this earth and he lived a sinless life. And and I'm sure there were times Jesus was like, God, is there any other way? But he committed himself to humility and he literally laid his life down. And when he laid his life down, he realized I don't have anything to fear. That's why he looked at his followers and said, hey, if you can't deny me, like, you know, take up your cross, you're not going to be able to follow me. Jesus knew exactly what he was talking about. But when it was all said and done of his life, it wasn't our failure that put Jesus on that cross. It was his perfect love. So he hangs on a cross and then the power of God brings him out of the grave on the third day. He goes to be with the Father. The Holy Spirit comes so that Jesus can live in us. And then suddenly, perfect love went from a cross to a tomb to heaven to back down to earth. And when we receive Jesus Christ in our life, guess what gets driven out of our life? Fear. Perfect love drives out fear. The word picture for the word fear and drive out there is the word called balo. And it literally means, and I don't know if you've ever done this when you were growing up, you take the ball that you're playing with, maybe in a yard with five or six other children, and you take the ball and you just throw it over the fence. That's the word picture. And here's what he's saying to us. Because Jesus Christ came and died for us on the cross, perfect love throughout fear. If you're fearful here today, you know why? Because you've come into agreement and alignment with something that's not from God. And God wants to set you free. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I've never experienced that perfect love. Listen, religion is not perfect love. Salvation is perfect love. Jesus Christ inside of you as Savior and Lord is perfect love. You can't drive fear out. You can't read enough good books about being positive and trying to to say the right thing. None of that's gonna work. What's gonna happen is when Jesus comes in, guess what gets driven out? Fear, fear. Because Jesus is perfect love. Let's pray together.